Hey guys, so welcome to episode two of Be Right Back. I'm just getting my shit together. Um, So this is where I'm going to share my anxiety journey with you. So I was actually a little unsure as to whether I wanted to go into this or not on the podcast, but I feel like it's really important for a couple of reasons. So the first being that if you are experiencing any form of anxiety and you have no idea what it is, then it can be a really scary and lonely place. Um, I really I really wish I'd been able to learn more about that when I was in that place because we didn't really have internet back then. Or we did have internet, but we didn't really use it like we do today. Like literally now we Google every single symptom, don't we? But back then it just wasn't really a thing. Um, so this was when I was about 19. Um, that I started suffering with this. Now, secondly, because I think it is so easy to see everyone's highlight reels on social media and think that they don't have any challenges. And what that does for everyone who does have challenges is it makes them think that there is absolutely no way they can do these things that they want to do because their anxiety or maybe something else holds them back. But believe me, like it doesn't have to be that way. So, and thirdly, I want to share some things that I've done to help me get to where I am today. Um, So my anxiety started when I was pregnant with my first. I was 19 years old and anxiety can feel different for everyone. Now, for me, it was literally this wave that came over me while I was walking around MFI. Like, does anyone remember MFI? Blimey, it's a blast from the past. So, and it felt like I was going to pass out. Now, probably that first experience at the time was maybe down to low blood pressure or low iron or, you know, just being pregnant and hormonal because I had zero knowledge on anything health related back then. Um, I was 19 and literally probably had hormones flying all over the place. Um, Obviously, no experience of pregnancy or anything like that either and probably wasn't really looking after myself. So my diet was horrendous, uh, absolutely zero fruit and veg, living on sugar, Diet Coke, bread, cheese, crisps, chips, you know, all the bad things. So it's not really surprising that I had a couple of funny turns. However, when they started to become more and more often, um, I started to think that there was actually something physically wrong with me. Now, for those of you that have suffered, you know that anxiety can give you real physical symptoms. And I remember calling the doctors and explaining how I was feeling multiple times. And they didn't even ask me to come in so they could check me over, check my blood pressure, anything like that. It was just basically like, I can't even remember. I just remember my doctor at the time being really horrendous, um, not giving me any explanation, not really doing any proper checks. And I think looking back, there was probably a combination of things that were causing this now that I know my triggers. So it was probably things like diet, hormones racing everywhere, like I said, lack of sleep, lots of contributing factors. But then I think that I had an experience when in my teens before this that then I associated these funny turns with. So basically, if I felt slightly dizzy, or I got hot, or I had a headache, all of those things I associated to a time or a situation when I had actually passed out or I had had a fit. And at the time, remember that these were panic attacks, but I had no idea what they were. I had no idea what was happening to me. I actually physically felt like 
something was happening to me and I was going to die. Like it is a, it was a really scary time. It became a real thing for me. And I don't know why I associated it back to these times, but basically when I was age 12, 14 and 16, I had some blackouts where I had a fit. Now, in all of these situations where those occurred, all three, I was hot, um, I had a headache, and there were a couple of things that, and sort of ways that I felt. And those were the associations that I made when I had these waves of dizziness or these this wave come over me. It's the only really way I can describe it, that I felt like the same thing was going to happen. So basically, I became on high alert that this feeling was going to give me another episode. So therefore, I got into a, a I went into protection mode, like a lot of us do. And I got into this cycle, I was scared to go out and do anything or go anywhere. Because I was scared something was going to actually happen to me. And it was obviously made worse. And everything was heightened by the fact that I was now responsible for this newborn baby. So if I did go anywhere, I had to have my safety nets with me. For a long time, that was my mum. She literally came everywhere with me. Um, but my safety net included a bottle of water so that I didn't get dehydrated because that was the situation when I had those three episodes, paracetamol for the headaches and sunglasses for the lights because the lights were another thing in one of those situations. So I actually got to the point where I was taking paracetamol to prevent a headache and in case I got a headache, if I knew I had something big coming up and I I couldn't take on too much in one day, like if I knew that I had something in the afternoon as I started to get better, then I had to keep my morning free. You know, all those things that we do when we're in that mode to protect ourselves. And I think that this is re why now rarely I ever take paracetamol. Like people say to me, just take a blooming paracetamol. Like, why wouldn't you just take a bloody paracetamol? You've got a headache, stop suffering. Like, and I think it's because I'm scared that it will become this thing again. And again, it's another association. So basically, if I left the house without that safety net and I didn't have those three things with me, then panic set in. If I got so far down the road or so far into our journey I would either have to turn around and go back to get those things or I would spend the whole time feeling really anxious so you know I got to the point where I stopped going places um, when I did try sometimes I would freeze and I couldn't phys physically make it there or home I became so miserable because I couldn't live a normal life like, I remember the doctor saying to me you've got postnatal depression and I and I remember coming away from there feeling really confused and I didn't feel like I had postnatal depression. Like he didn't explain to me why he thought I had postnatal depression and it wasn't. For me, it was circumstantial. I was feeling low because I was having these panic attacks and no one explained to me what they were. No one explained to me why they were happening to me. Um, I became miserable because I couldn't live my life normally. I constantly worried about letting people down. I used to cry myself to sleep at night because I knew the next day I had this big thing coming up and I was going to have to let somebody down. I was worried about losing friends. And honestly, people that were close to me just did not understand how I was feeling because none of them had ever been through it. And I think at the time they thought that, you know, I was just making it up or I was just flaky, that I could just snap out of it. And it's honestly only years later that more and more people have now experienced firsthand from them for themselves and they and they actually understand a little more. You know, it, it was a really lonely place. And 
honestly, the only support that I really had was my mum and my nan, and they were absolutely amazing and so patient with me and cooked so, like, honestly, so many dinners they cooked me. So I think sometimes as well, when we become parents, like, and first baby, or even just generally in life, we can have such high expectations. And I feel like for me that this whole experience with the anxiety took away from me being a mum for the first time. I had this newborn baby. She was born four weeks early, which was completely unexpected. So that didn't go to plan. We were in hospital for nearly two weeks. Okay, that that didn't go to plan either. All I wanted to do, I remember crying because I just wanted to go home and she was jaundiced and they wouldn't let us leave. And, you know, I had this idyllic life and this picture painted in my head of what it would be like with a newborn baby, you know, walking down the, the, the high street with a pram and, you know, everyone cooing over it and me just, you know, stepping into this motherhood. And, you know, so far removed from that, it's unreal. And I think that, you know, people don't manage our expectations when we're about to have a baby. Like, I'll be completely honest with my kids when it comes to that point. Like, because I just think that, you know, whilst it is a really exciting time and, um, you know, there is so much good and we're so grateful that we're able to be in that position, it's also a really bloody scary time and things don't go to plan, especially when you've got kids. So, you know, and social media wasn't around back then. So I can only imagine feeling like I did back then and then seeing all of these other perfect, so-called perfect lives and highlight reels online and getting stuck in that comparison game when you are at your most vulnerable. Like we're at our most vulnerable when we've just had a baby and we've been through childbirth. It takes our body like nine months to recover. But then we have all the hormones and we have, you know, maybe some of our own worries and our own demons that we need to work on. So, you know, it can be so hard for women that are finding it hard and struggling that then enter social media and, you know, start that comparison game. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So this is basically where my love for natural therapy started. So like maybe you will look at me now and think that I didn't have any challenges and it was easy for me. Like I literally had to dig myself out of a hole and it was hard, hard work. It took me years. And honestly, some days and some weeks when there's difficult things going on in my life, it's still a battle. And no one would really know it was still a battle now because I don't really talk about it and I don't really focus on it. I try and focus on doing positive things to keep me, you know, my normal, whatever that is. But I just want people to know that it isn't just easy for me. You know, I didn't just get over it. I didn't just, it wasn't just an overnight thing where I woke up one day and everything was better again. Like I made the decision that I was going to make things better for myself and my family. And I made the decision that I didn't want to take the pills that the doctors offered me. And I didn't like the way they made me feel. And that's not to say like that there is anything wrong with taking them. You know, there are people that take that route and there is absolutely no shame in that. And I truly believe that everyone has to do what's right for them. And I really think that there shouldn't be any judgment around people's decisions and what they choose to do. People should just respect other people's decisions and that that is the right path for them. So when I talk about natural therapies, this doesn't come from a place of judgment. It comes from a place of my journey and what's worked for me and what I chose to do. But 
what I do feel really strongly about is the way that it's dealt with by medical professions because yes people need medication in many scenarios you know I'm not against that and they need it for many different things but I feel that there are they are so quick too quick to prescribe without really getting to the root cause in a lot of scenarios and some medication is needed but it could be just alongside getting to that root cause like maybe some healthier habits and introducing a little gentle exercise some natural sunlight adding in more fruits and vegetables getting better sleep and you know not one of those not any one of those is a quick fix which is why some people can give up but you know there are alternatives aside from constantly putting a plaster over the problem so over the years I have tried lots of different things and that isn't because I've suffered constantly with anxiety I think once we have anxiety or we have an episode of anxiety it can always be there and ready to rear its ugly head again um but because you know I've tried lots of different things over the years because there are points in my life when it does rear its ugly head again but after putting that work in on myself you know I generally know what my triggers are and I have better coping mechanisms to deal with it when it does arise and that's not to say that it's perfect you know sometimes it does bite me in the ass when I'm least expecting it and you know we all know that when we're not in that cycle we think we can think really logically about it but when it hits us it doesn't always work like that um and we can't we don't have those logical thoughts so I generally know what my triggers are and I've tried different therapies because I believe in always trying to feel my best and when I'm at a point where I'm maybe stuck or having some challenges I know that maybe there's something that just needs unlocking or adjusting or there's something that's not quite right that's a bit deeper that, that I need to work on to enable me to move forward um, because there's something causing me to feel like that. So, you know, but but I, what I want to share with you is the positive side of this because, so I went from having a baby at 19 from someone who couldn't carry that baby down the stairs in fear that I was going to pass out and hurt us both to someone who went on to have a second and third and fourth baby expecting this to happen again the second time more than you know more than the others and I it didn't and I enjoyed each and every experience of of having that baby and I remember having the second one and and waiting and like really enjoying being a mum and I didn't have any expectations that time like I had rock bottom expectations and I think sometimes that's the best way because the only way from rock bottom is up right so but I remember really enjoying that experience and feeling like okay this is how I had expected it to be the first time but it's okay that it wasn't because it's equipped me with so many things for my life going forward so you know I also went from someone who couldn't even get out the hot even out the car on holiday in Cornwall you know we went we the day that I took that first I think I talked about it in my first podcast that first pill that first diazepam I felt so horrendous I remember getting on holiday and I couldn't leave the cottage like I couldn't even walk round to the swimming pool to watch the to watch the, everyone else swim and I have I've gone from someone who couldn't even get out of the car on holiday and walk down to Newquay or go to the swimming pool to someone who traveled to the USA on my own like a couple of years ago like when I was in that situation in that moment of feeling like my life was never ever going to change 
I never ever thought that I would be able to travel to the USA on my own like it was just like I, I couldn't even dream it because I just never thought it'd be possible I went from someone who couldn't leave the house for three months without her mum by her side to constantly being on the road to kids clubs holidays like school trips like everything with them on my own and having that confidence like in myself I went from someone who could never see how I could ever live a normal life again to living a life that I you know that I really enjoy most of the time obviously it has its challenges um and this also connects a lot to why I do what I do in terms of my work um and why I have my own business and why I want something different but I'm going to cover that in another episode but I want you to know that it doesn't always have to feel hard it doesn't always have to feel lonely because there are so many other people out there that feel like you do right now or have felt like you have in the past and for me the hardest part was understanding what was happening to me you know I had no explanation from the doctors no one said to me you're suffering with anxiety or you're suffering with panic attacks it is it's obviously much more wider known now so people do have that understanding and that knowledge on their side but once I understood what was happening to me I found it a lot easier to accept and I was then able to look for things to help me so the book that I read that was a game changer I can remember it like to this day I was led in the bath in the first house that we bought my eldest was a baby it was dark I had some candles lit and I remember reading this book and just thinking oh my god it is literally like someone is talking to me they are describing every single way that I feel they're describing the things that happen in my body when I feel like this they're just you know they're describing what can cause this and trauma and grief and all these things and I was like finally someone understands what it's about and so that book was called anxiety panic and fear I did actually look for it a couple of weeks ago to put on to my Instagram stories for someone for a link but I couldn't find it so I'll have another look but um it was I remember it being a brown cover I lent it to someone and then never got it back but the other thing that really helped me so the first thing that really helped me was understanding what was happening to me the next thing that really helped me was knowing my triggers so I know for example if I'm feeling run down I've pushed myself too far um my body just shuts down and that's the point where you know my body's really sent I'm just a sensitive little rabbit but you know I get to the point where I had those episodes and when I was a teenager because I so I know that I need to try and maintain a certain level and if I start to feel a certain way that I need to rein it in and I just need to take a better care of myself you know as a teenager I really didn't and those things that really affect me are things like the things that I consume like things that I eat and drink, the amount of sleep I get, stress levels, the chemicals um, that I'm using around me or on my body, the amount of sleep I get, alcohol really affects me as well. So I know that I'm I know that I'm at my best when I'm firing on all cylinders, when I've had the best quality sleep, lots of water, no caffeine, not too much sugar, lots of fruits and veg, getting out in the sunlight, exercise, journaling and really managing my stress levels. Um, and that's not to say that I still don't get affected by anxiety some days, but I try and ask myself now, okay, I'm feeling a bit anxious, I'm holding my breath, or I've had this funny turn, what's causing it, what's changed, and why am I feeling like it? Because sometimes I need to go and unpick things, sometimes it builds up again, and it's not doesn't necessarily manifest in the form of anxiety like it used to, but I can just tell when things aren't quite right. So maybe if it gets to that point where it's built up, 
maybe I need to go back to a counsellor, which actually is what, you know, as I'm recording this, I'm actually having some counselling sessions weekly at the moment. And I think that, like, new things come up all the time and new challenges. And sometimes we can also think that we've dealt with some things in the past and maybe we haven't quite finished and they come up. So maybe it will be a counsellor for you. Maybe it would be some CBT therapy. Maybe it would be some NLP and maybe sometimes I just need to switch off and have a bloody good spa day and just reset. So, you know, and and knowing how you feel and knowing your body really helps you to understand what you need and what's going to help you. So my anxiety is generally around health. So learning to be healthier is one of my coping mechanisms. And we all have them. We all have those coping mechanisms and we all have things that we're more anxious around if you suffer with it. But I, you know, I truly believe that so many diseases, autoimmune conditions, anxiety, depression are massively contributed to, not necessarily the cause, but contributed by the foods that we eat and the things that we consume on a daily basis. So also for me, having those natural tools to turn to when one of us does have an ailment or a virus or I'm not feeling 100% or an illness, it puts me a little bit more in control and it just means that I can be proactive with our family's healthcare without things escalating. And that helps to also keep my anxiety at bay a little bit. Now, that's not to say I'm perfect, far from it. You know, I love a glass of wine or sometimes quite a bit more. I love foods that don't necessarily agree with me. You know, I know that wheat and dairy don't agree with me. They cause inflammation in the body, like for me, and they just don't agree with me, but I still eat them. You know, I'm, I'm the fussiest eater. And I have a pretty limited diet, but I'm always trying to improve and find different ways because I really do truly believe that there is nothing more important than our health. Um, that's another episode anyway. I'm not going to go too much into that. But, you know, this is a real personal journey. There is no right or wrong way. You know, there's no one size fits all. Anxiety can be so, so crippling um, and it can be really bloody scary. But it can also be your body trying to tell you something and that you maybe need to make a change. So many people don't believe in the natural therapies and that natural alternatives. And that's absolutely fine. But I just think that, you know, you have to respect people's decisions, no matter which way they choose, because, you know, it's just something that they have found that works for them. And that's their coping mechanism mechanism. And that's OK. Um, so if you've got somebody that's going through something now that's close to you, you know, just ask them what you can do to help them and, and support them, um, rather than just telling them to snap out of it or to do this and to do that. Because, you know, like I said, there's not one size fits all, but from my experience, natural alternatives have honestly changed my lives in my life in so many ways. Um, and I believe they've changed the kids as well in, in a lot of ways, even though they don't necessarily know it yet. But from my experiences, I've, you know, I've had hypotherapy, I've had cognitive behavioural therapy, I've had reflexology, Reiki, um, massage, chiropractic and osteopathy care. I've had um, dry needling, acupuncture. I use essential oils. I do juicing, um, meditation, yoga, exercise, supplements, like all those things. There's so many holistic alternatives out there. But so if you're in a place where you're struggling and your own coping mechanisms are no longer working for you or you're not sure what to do because maybe it's brand new for you, then just be open to trying something new alongside something that maybe you're already doing or you know, maybe you're stuck in a bit of a rut and you want to try something different because 
you just never ever know how it could change your life so that's it for me today guys uh that is a little bit on my anxiety journey thank you so much for listening and i will be back next wednesday for another episode